Coming up this morning, another record crowd at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. We'll talk about that and the Breakers' win on the road. Speaking of winners, the Taipans are 4-0 without their best player. Unfortunately, the news goes from bad to worse at Illawarra and some raw honesty from John Rilly and Scott Ross on the weekend. It's Monday's edition of NBL Today. Great to have your company. My goodness, have we got some stuff to talk about this morning. Jack Heverin alongside the professor, Pete Hooley. And let's start at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Hulls, 9,368 in the house. That's three sellouts in a row for the 36ers. It's unbelievable. And look, I know the result didn't go their way, but they're playing some really exciting basketball and they're still going to have a real crack at getting into a postseason berth and the hottest ticket in town right now. And it is, you can say that about anywhere in the country. Just everybody's flocking to see the NBL and why wouldn't you? Because every game is so competitive. There's so many highlights. And I tell you what, if you haven't been yet, now's the time because the playing tournament is just around the corner and every game is so important. So make sure you get along to a game. To the game itself, Breakers win by two. It To me, it almost felt like a reminder of how good New Zealand are, Pete, because we've only seen them four times in a month. But this team is just so well-rounded offensively and defensively. They're just so tough on both ends, both mentally, physically. And we saw that from the jump, just how physical they were. And the physica- level of physicality really can't be matched by anyone in the league, I think, when they do it at, at the right way. I think they've got away with a lot, but they do that because that's the way a style of play that Modi Mayo wants them to play with. And Jarrell Brantley sets a tone, Derek Pardon, but at full strength, that's the first time we've seen them fully healthy mm. in a very, very long time. I'm talking back towards like the Blitz. Will McDowell-White, when he's out there, everyone seems so settled, and this team just seems to really operate so well together. And yes, they only won by two, but it looks like at times they could have blown that game open in numerous moments. And in the end, I mean, they probably think they got lucky because Ian Clark, you'd want any other player. (laughs) You want Ian Clark with a wide open three ball to win the game. And he just came up short. Just one on the break is physicality. It's, it's at a different level, isn't it? I know they've been, I know, I think it was Chase Buford said early in the season, it was like playing the All Blacks and all that sort of stuff, but it, it, it was noticeable yesterday how much it bothered Adelaide when New Zealand got really up and in and physical. 100%. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of times where I think they're getting away with foul calls. And when you, but when you do this from the preseason, when you do this from the blitz, the first game, referees are understanding going into games, okay, this team plays really physical. And I think 75, 80% of it is as legal as it comes. They just play with their chest, they play with their body, and they throw their weight around. By doing that from the start of the season, you're going to get away with a couple of extra calls here or there because everybody expects you to be physical and it makes the referee's job a little harder. So I think it's phenomenal. And I think what we saw was Adelaide in the second half realise, okay, we've got to lift our physicality. We'll try and match it. And they did that. And all of a sudden they were back in the ball game. The other game yesterday was Cairns, who have now gone 4-0 and without Keanu Pinder. They set it up in the second quarter. They outscored Southeast Melbourne 33-14, to had five players in double figures. Pete, did you think that they would be able to do this, to win as many games as they have without the MVP candidate? I thought they'd drop one for sure. I think everybody would probably think that they'd lose a couple, but they did play Illawarra and Brisbane, who are two bottom teams of the ladder, which I probably expected them to get those wins, which they have. But the Phoenix, they were without a lot of players as well, but it's the, it's the way they're doing it. Everybody's stepping up. Shannon Scott, DJ Hogue, Jim McCall's been electrifying, and then everybody else is just chipping in here and there. Ben Ayres playing with ultra confidence, and this is going to give that team a whole lot of confidence going into the postseason where – 
if Keanu Pinder gets in foul trouble or for, if somebody's not there, they've got plenty of other guys ready to take a leap. And they're not a team you want to play when they're feeling good about themselves. Unfortunately for the Illawarra Hawks, this season of horror just goes from bad to worse. They very nearly won on Friday night, and you could probably amount an argument that they should have won on Friday night. Peyton Seaver out for the rest of the season. We learnt that during the week with a shoulder issue. And now Michael Frazier with a broken arm from Friday night's game. This has just been a horror season for them. It's been one of the most hard luck stories of a season I can remember in some time. You go back to how they good they looked in the blitz with Justin Robertson signing and they lost. I mean, you go back before that where they lose four of their five key offensive weapons in the offseason. They retool, they regroup. Justin Robertson goes down in game one of the regular season. It takes them a while to try and find a replacement player. So they had that really bad stretch where they lose a lot of games. and Basically, the season was done and dusted then. They bring in Peyton Seaver. They look like they've turned a corner, look like things are going well. Obviously, George King gets sent home and he uh, has to leave for family reasons. Then as they're playing great basketball, they lose a heartbreaker in Sydney on the Mm. buzzer. Then they lose a double overtime thriller at home against Melbourne United. Then they're still trying to get through, get through. And both Michael Fraser and Tyler Harvey are out with illness down in Tassie. They're never going to win that game. Add Peyton Seaver, add Michael Fraser. It's unbelievable. The list goes on. Just on Frazier, before we move away from the Hawks, he's, he's been a really positive influence on the court and we're hearing off the court as well since he's arrived. I know that this is professional sport and that athletes have got to look at all offers. If you're Illawarra, would you be trying to lock him away now for next season? I think so. I mean, if he's happy in the short time he was here, I mean, he showed how aggressive he wanted to be and, and how much he can help the team. But I think we spoke about this a little yesterday. It was you look back at how this team could have looked if if they got everything right from the jump. So Justin Robinson at the point, Tyler Harvey's locked in at the two, Michael Frazier at the three, Sam Froling at the four. Those four right there, it's an incredible lineup. It doesn't matter really who you put at the five. So it's someone, if, okay, if you get him and Justin Robinson says, look, I, I want to have a crack at this NBL properly, so I'm going to hang around. All of a sudden, you've got three imports that can really gel and get something to- together in the offseason. And it's all about putting the best group around that. Perth Wildcats have been doing a lot of things right in recent weeks. Saturday was a big step back. I think that's fair to say. They lost 108 to 87 against the Sydney Kings. Hulls. The honesty from John really post-game was fascinating. He said they kicked our butts, which was the headline, I guess, piece. The thing that really grabbed my attention out of that press conference, though, whereas he said that we're a good team, but we're not at the level of a Sydney or a New Zealand breakers. That was a pretty frank admission. I mean, he's right. You don't have to look too far. Not many teams are, let's be honest, on the level of the the Sydney and the Breakers, but I think a lot of teams can contend. Perth, when we look back at that game, when I was watching it and calling it, it it was just discipline on the defensive end, and it's nothing that can't be corrected. And I think that's what John really is basically saying is he can put all these things in place, but it's up to the players to really buy in and do it. And everyone knows the man with the ball is the most important player. If that man happens to be Xavier Cooks on the night, well, you can times that importance by 100. Mm. And it just looked like everybody was worried, okay, Deshaun Thomas is guarding Xavier Cooks, but I've got a man who just scored 42 points in the corner. I'm not leaving DJ Vasiljevic, which I understand why you're not doing that, but you also have to help out your teammate and create that wall behind Thomas, which they didn't do on numerous occasions in the first half, and they really got uh, put to the sword in the end. So they've got a lot of, of things to figure out and work on, but... John, really, that maybe that's what he needs to come out and say those things and get everybody to really snap into it. And who knows what can happen? You just got to finish top six, and then it's basically like a college march, man. Just keep winning. Speaking of honesty, we heard plenty of that from Scott Roth in his post-match press conference. The Jack Jumpers went down by seven on Saturday to Melbourne. 
He spoke about foul discipline, Pete. That was their biggest problem. They gave away 26 fouls. They sent Melbourne to the free throw line on 31 occasions. Were you a little bit concerned from what you saw from the JJs on Saturday? I was in terms of it was the opposite, as I mentioned, with the breakers, how they've set a tone with the physicality and that level of defense from the jump. That's normally what Tassie do, and it kind of looked like they tried to flip the switch back on midway through the game where the referees are like, hang on, these are all fouls. Like, mm. You've got to get your hands out, be more disciplined, which normally we see that from them at the jump. I don't know whether seeing Isaac Humphreys get hurt in the first three minutes, seeing Dave Barler get knocked out, thought Tassie, they had a bit of a deep breath thinking, okay, well, they've lost two key players. Maybe Marcus Lee can't play the next 35 minutes of the game. And they kind of took a deep breath. But that's what Scott going to do. He's going to come out and he's going to challenge their players. And no matter where Tasmania finish, if they finish sixth, it's almost like that's where they want to finish because they want everybody to write them off and say, okay, they're done. <laughs> they're one and done in the playing tournament. And they'll probably just go on a run and make the grand final series. Oh, so you think they're engineering this, do you? So they'll finish oh, sixth. It's hard, it's hard not to believe that <laughs> where they just love everybody with the back against the wall. Day off for us, chance for us to catch our breath, but it won't be for long. We reload and start the next round tomorrow. Doubleheader Illawarra taking on Tasmania. And then the second game is a fascinating one. The Perth Wildcats at home on a Tuesday, hosting the New Zealand Breakers. Hall's always nice to see you. We'll catch you across the week. Thanks, mate. And we'll be back on Wednesday for the next edition of NBL Today.